Are we live? All right. Welcome to Crestview Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for choosing to come out and worship with us. Thank you for uh, tuning in to our Facebook and YouTube feeds. And we're so glad to have you with us. If you are a guest or and visitor and you're with us for the first time, um, there are some cards in the pews that you can fill out. We would love to have some information about, about you to get to know you better. And then on our Facebook feed, there are always people there ready to interact with you um, if you need anything on there. Uh, there's not a whole lot of announcements going into this week. I would like to say thanks for the prayers. And I have missed everyone between the snow uh, two weeks back and me being sick last week. Um, I am so grateful and thankful to be standing here today, um, not because I was in fear for or, or anything, I just missed you guys. I missed being here uh, uh, with my family. Um, there, remember, we got a breakfast coming up this week, um, it's first Saturday of the month, and um, our Wednesday night uh, youth children and adult Bible studies, so keep those things in your mind, but uh, at this time, I just encourage you to uh, turn your hearts to God and uh, put the worries of the world behind us for, for just a little bit and focus on Him this morning. Good morning. I want to echo what Chad said. Thank you very much for the prayers as I have been sick. Um, I will tell you this second round of COVID was quite different than the first round. I wasn't uh, sick as I was the first time, but the fatigue and just physical exhaustion has been much worse this time. So uh, just continue to pray. I know we have a couple other people right now that are, are dealing with the same thing in our church as well as Chad and his family. So thank you for the prayers. Just continue to pray for each other. Also, uh, continue to pray for Wanda and Stan Webb. Um, I've tried to get a hold of Stan to find out any updates, but uh, Wanda uh, has been dealing with some infection. Um, so pray for them as they continue to, uh, as Wanda continues to, yes, she's home now? Oh, there you are. I was like, who's talking? Okay, it's infection from the UTI has gotten into her blood, so continue to pray for her, um, but she is at home right now. Also, um, I got a text message from Ginger. She is working at Caremont Hospital today, and one of her patients uh, by the name of Daryl is a believer. He's from Kings Mountain, and he has asked us to remember to pray for him um, or remember him in prayer um, as he is there at the hospital. Um, I don't know why he's there. He's just asking us to pray for him. So remember to pray for Daryl. And um, pray for our service today that... The gospel of Jesus Christ will be proclaimed. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, please join me this time. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, seeking your face. Dear Lord, it's been a while since I've been here. 
and I have missed it just like Chad has. I have missed gathering together with my church family to worship you. And dear Lord, as we come into this time, I ask that you take all the distractions of our day-to-day life away from us so that we can focus on you, dear Lord, that we can praise your name as we sing, that we can praise you as we listen to the choir. And dear Lord, above all, may the gospel be proclaimed today. Dear Lord, I ask that you fill me with your strengths, dear Lord, because there is no possible way I can do this in my own power. But dear Lord, I know that you have called me to be here today. Dear Lord, I ask you to be with all of those that have been on our prayer list. I ask you to be with Wanda and Stan. Dear Lord, I ask you to be with Daryl. You know what each and every person needs. And you are the ultimate physician. You are the one that brings healing. And we ask you to do that right now. And dear Lord, as we begin our service together, may your name be praised and glorified. And may hearts and souls be changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. And we ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Let us stand as we sing our call to worship, page 290, I am thine, O Lord, and we'll sing the first and the second verses, 290. something so long you forget how it works because I about did um 
That's what I want to talk about this morning, actually. I was sitting there last night and during, yesterday, and I'm thinking, you know, what? So, what? What is the Lord? I said, what do you want me to talk about, Lord? I was talking about, and he wanted to talk about how I was feeling, because I have been away for two weeks. And because of the way things have been, with sicknesses and things like that in our church, I'm not got to see a lot of my kids and uh, be here lately. And when one group's here, another group's not here, just because that's nobody's fault. It's just the way things have turned out. So I wanted to talk about this telephone that I've got. This telephone won't do anything. It won't uh, won't come on. It won't um, receive a call, won't make a call, won't do anything. But the reason that it won't is because it's disconnected. Its power source is over here. Its power source is drained, but its power source is also not connected to the device. And that's kind of the way that I feel when I'm away from my church family. Um, church is very important for adults and for kids, and I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, I know we can't, there's things coming up and we can't be here, but when you can be here, do your best to be here, because it's very important that we fellowship together, it gives us strength and it gives us uh, hope, the, in Matthew uh, chapter 18, Verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of their presence. And that's what makes the importance of the church, is when we come together and we gather together and we praise God together. So for my children's sermon, I just want to let you guys know at home that watching and over the past week that I've missed you guys and that I look forward to when we can all be together again and... Um, Stay connected to each other. Stay connected to the Word. And uh, even when you can't be here, continue praising God in everything you do. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for allowing me to be back here today. Lord, I pray for sicknesses in our church and the people who are struggling with coronavirus and flu and other things that are, that, that are ailing us and keeping us keeping us down and keeping us separated, Lord. But Lord, I'm, I'm also looking forward to when we can, uh, we all get a window of when we're all feeling better and we can all get together and we can just feel you through and feel the sanctuary. Just praise God together. God, I'm thankful for when we are here that when it's either just two or three of us, God, that we're still connecting and praising each other. And praising you, God, as a family. Also asking your and just I'm just so thankful for everything you do for us, God. Also asking your name. Amen.
It is good to be back here with you all today. And this is one of those few times I've actually... I had this sermon prepared last week. But because I wasn't here, I didn't get to preach it. So we are going to continue today. If you've noticed, even, um, and I thank Stephen Hogg for coming, the director of Hands-On Missions. He came at such very short notice and even preached a sermon that was along the same lines as I've been preaching for the last month about the call of God. How do we respond to that call? And he shared last week out of Acts about the call of Ananias. And what I am preaching about today is God calls who he wants. And this is something I've had to come to terms with. God does not ask us who he can use. He doesn't concern himself with what we want to who who we want God to use. He doesn't concern himself with what we want when it comes to that matter. Why? Because we're not God. God is God. We are his servants. We don't tell the master and creator of all that is what he should do and who he should use. That's not our place. Our place is to do what he has called each and every one of us to do. Our place is to be his servant. A servant doesn't tell his master what to do. The master tells his servant what to do. But so many times, we as Christians, we get the cart before the horse, so to speak, and we try to tell God, well, God, you're going to do it this way, and if you're not going to do it this way, then I'm not going to have any part of it. That's not the way it works. Part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, and thank God, the choir sang it, and, and, and I sit there with goosebumps. So simple. Jesus saves. And so many times we forget the fact that it's Jesus Christ that brings us salvation. And we try to tell God what to do. And we try to put ourselves up on the throne. And that is not our place. Our place is at the foot of the throne. Worshiping the one that sits upon the throne. That's what we're called to do. But God calls who he wants to call. So turn to Judges chapter 4. We're going to look at the first five verses of this book. It's in the bulletin as well as on the screen. And if you stand while I read the first five verses of chapter 4 of Judges. The sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. 
And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harishbeth Hagiam. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Leopath, was judging Israel at that time. And she used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what we read in the book of Judges. Thank you for the fact that you call who you want. But dear Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that Jesus saves. Constantly remind us that we are your servants. Help us to obey your word. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Well, the first thing I want us to look at is I want us to look at the condition of Israel. What's going on during this time? Well, during this time, Israel did not have a king. God had placed over them different judges that had turns in helping them to helping guide Israel, helping give the word of God to Israel. And Ehud, one of the judges, had just passed away. And after he died, Israel did what Israel has done throughout history and what we do constantly. They had a, 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 a period of peace where they were obedient to God's word. They followed in his statutes. They worshipped him the way they were supposed to do. But then after they went along for so long and they had a time of peace and everything was going great, they started getting back into the, all, the, their own ways of doing things. They started getting into worshiping false idols. They began, as the Bible says here in Judges chapter one through three, or verses one through three in chapter four, look at what it says again. The sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar, and the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasith Hagoyan. The sons of Israel cried to the Lord, and he, for he had 900 iron chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. So they started doing their own thing again. And the first thing that I want you to know is that what was going on here was that Israel, the people of Israel, were being punished. That's the situation. They're being punished. It says God sold them into the hands. He gave them over to the, to the king of Canaan. And Jabin's leader of his army was Sisera. And Sisera was a very evil man. Mean. He had 900 iron chariots. Basically what that meant is that if he attacked something, it was destroyed. The children of Israel could not do anything to stop it. 
So the people were terrified. That's the second thing. They were terrified. There is nothing they could do. And they were so scared. They were like a little child that you asked, what's wrong? I was scared. That's, that's what they were. And they were crying out to God again. Because they were so afraid. But not only were they terrified. They were so despondent. That we read in chapter 5 in the song of Deborah. That they would not even fight. They were so scared. That they refused to even attempt to fight Sisera. No one would stand. They were completely at the bottom. That was the state of Israel at this point. They were being punished. They were terrified. And they would not even stand up for themselves. Against those that were oppressing them. You ever notice. <coughs> excuse me. That many times when we get a big head. And we think we know more than God. That God has to get us to the very bottom. Has to knock us off our feet. Until we have nowhere else to turn. Before he can do something with us. You ever notice that? Here the children of Israel. They have been humbled. They have been humbled. Part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is we have to humble ourselves to the point where we surrender everything to Him. When you're sharing the gospel with people, you will many times be told, well, I don't want to have to give up this, this, and this. That's not being humble. And until, we're being, until we are humble enough to give everything to Him, we can't be used. So God has done that here with the children of Israel. He has put them in a place where they were completely humbled. There was nothing that they could do. So why does God use Deborah? Why did God use Deborah? Look at verses 4 through 5. It says, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. This is the first time we've been introduced to, to Deborah. Deborah is already a judge. We have no idea how she became judge. The Bible doesn't tell us that. When we meet her, she is already a judge over Israel. And there are many different things that are going on at this point. And there's many, very many, a lot of different issues. The first is being is this, is that it may have been that the men of Israel were unfit to lead and God was sharing or shaming them by having a woman lead over them. That's a possibility. 
Another possibility. It may have been a sign of God's comforting presence in the midst of his, oppre- of, of his oppressed and downtrodden people. Basically, it may have been that they were so disheartened that they needed the compassion and love that, that Deborah could give that no other man could give. That's a possibility. We're not told in Scripture, but ultimately, ultimately what it is is that it's because God wanted to use this particular person, Deborah, for this particular purpose at this particular time. God used Deborah, called Deborah to be a judge because God wanted to call Deborah to be a judge. He used her because he had a specific job for her to do at a specific time. And no one but Deborah could have done what she want, he wanted her to do. See, we know the story. If, if you remember that the commander of God's army was Barak. And Deborah told Barak that God wanted him to go out and defeat Sisera. And Sisera tells her, I'll go, or excuse me, Barak tells her, I will go, but I will only go if you go with me. And Deborah said, okay, I'll go. But because you would not trust God fully, he's going to give the glory that you would have in defeating Sisera to a woman. So, and I, and I really misunderstood what he was talking about there at first. But if you read it, he wasn't talking about Deborah. Deborah went with him, Barak, and they went out and they totally decimated the army of Sisera. They defeated him hands down and they given God the glory for it. But Sisera escaped. And he ran and hid in the tent of Hebor or Heber. Now his wife Jalil or Jael, J A E L. allowed Sisera to come in and hide in his tent to escape the children of Israel. And as he was hiding, she fed him. She gave him something to drink. And he he was exhausted from the battle and from running away and hiding. And he fell asleep. And as he slept, Jael went in with a mallet and a tent peg. And just to give you a picture of what he's talking about here, tent peg is not one of these little metal spikes that look like an upside down L. It's not even one of those yellow plastic things that you get at Walmart that we stake our tents out with now. It was a big wooden spike. 
Imagine what they would help tie down a circus big top with. A big spike. And as he lay there sleeping, she took that spike, that tent spike, and she put it at his temple and drove it through his skull and nailed him to the ground. And she, instead of Barak, received the glory for ending Sisera. But that's not what I'm preaching about today. I'm preaching about Deborah being used by God because God wanted to use her. God called her, put her in a place of authority over all of Israel because she was willing to do what he called her to do. And the last point I want to make is that we have to realize this, church, is that you've heard it said time and time again, and I'm going to say it again. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I am not qualified to stand behind this podium and preach to you. In my own power, I am not qualified to do this. I don't deserve the call that God has placed on my life. But because God has called me to do this, He has qualified me to do it. He is not going to ask you to do anything that He is not going to give you the ability to do. Mel Campus always told us that God has given us everything that we need to have in order to do what He's called us to do. And that is the truth. So many times, people say, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. Well, yes, you will make a mistake. Yes, you will say the wrong thing if you do it in your own power. But if God is with you and you trust in the power of the Holy Spirit, God will guide you. God will give you the strength. He will give you the words to say. I'm going to tell you something, church. I didn't think I could even walk sitting down there waiting to get up here to preach. We've got this stool up here for me to sit down in. And to be quite honest with you, right now, I couldn't sit down if I wanted to. Now, when I'm done and I get off here and I go home, I'm going to pass out. But right now, I am doing what God has called me to do. And I am preaching what He has given me to preach. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm able to do that. God does not call the qualified. If you ever get to a point where you think that you are ready, you think that you are able to do and deserve to be called by God, I'm going to flat out tell you, you're not. If you think you're good enough, you're not. If you think you deserve it, you don't. 
God calls the ones that He's going to get the glory from using. Because He does not want to say, look what I've done. Too many times you see preachers preaching on TV, and most of them are false teachers, and they're pre- seeing, look what I've done, look what I've got. They're dry- flying around in million-dollar jets because people are looking for something. And they're willing to give their money to those people because they tell them what they want to hear. But I'm going to tell you something. God calls who He wants to call. And He will use those that answer His call. Regardless of who you are. Regardless of what you've done. So many times we forget the fact that God is on the throne and we are but His servants. And today we're going to ordain a new deacon in our church. And I, church, I'm going to tell you, I've been praying about this since last August. And I have no doubt in my mind that God has called the person that he wanted to fill this spot. God has given a special ministry To this person that we're going to ordain today. And I have seen them be committed. To doing what God has called them to do. Despite. Being broken hearted. I have seen them. Selfishly give of themselves. Even when. They honestly didn't feel like it. But they did it anyway because they felt this was what God wanted them to do. So if I could ask Joy to come forward. And Jim, if you would not mind getting the chair. Joy, God has given you a special ministry to our widows, the women of our church, and many of the families of our church. And you have faithfully served the way God has wanted you to serve. So I have a challenge for you this morning. Do you promise to strive to, do, to so live that you may honor Christ by your life? And do you promise in the presence of this congregation to accept the responsibilities of the office of deacon in this church? And to the best of your knowledge and ability to discharge all duties of this office? Now, if you would turn and face the congregation. And church... Do you, as the members of Crestview Baptist Church, commit to pray for joy 
as she serves in the office of deacon. Here in our church, the deacons are not administrators, but they are servants that serve the families of our church. Now, if you are committed to pray for joy in her ministry as deacon, will you answer with I do? If I could ask all, Joy, if you could have a seat, I am going to put my mask back on because I'm going to be down here with people. But if I could ask all those that are ordained to ministry or as a deacon, if they would come forward, we are going to gather around Joy. I'm going to place my hand on, on her left shoulder. Jim is going to place it on her right shoulder. And I ask that if you would just put your hand on everybody else's shoulder and just make a circle around Joy. And we're going to pray for her as we instill her as deacon of our church. Dear Lord, we come before you right now. Dear Lord, we pray for joy as she begins her ministry as deacon in our church. Dear Lord, I have seen her selfishly give to the widows, taking up her time and her energy to minister to them. And I thank you for that, dear Lord. I ask you right now that you put a hedge of protection around her that you continue to guide her, give her the wisdom to minister to this church and to serve your people to the best of her ability. I thank you for her willingness to serve in this capacity. And I ask that you give us the, the faithfulness to support her and to love her and to continue to pray for her, that she may continue to serve you and serve the people. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Jim, as the chairman of the deacons, has your certificate of ordination. I'll give you a hug when I feel better. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now, church, I made a commitment a long time ago that we would not have any type of service without giving people a chance to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even though today was to ordain joy as a deacon in our church. We cannot lose sight of the fact that God has called each and every one of us to answer 
the call that He has put out. The call to accept Him as our Savior. Jesus saves. No other source of salvation exists. If you don't understand, if you think, well, God's not called me to do anything. It may be because you don't know Him as your Savior yet. He wants you to know Him in a personal way. And I guarantee you that if you belong to Him, He will call you to serve. In some capacity, He will call you. Whether it's mowing, taking somebody somewhere, He will call you to serve in some capacity. This is your chance as we sing this song, this is your chance to respond to what God is calling you to do. So, if you would lead us, Sandra. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 287, Take My Life, Lead Me, Lord, 287. Take my life, lead me, Lord, take my life, lead me, Lord, make my life useful to Thank you for being here today. Don't forget, Wednesday night, 6.30, our regular Bible study times. Adults will be here in the, in the sanctuary. Children and youth will be down in the youth building. Be, be here for that. Also, don't forget Saturday, our breakfast. It's the first breakfast of the new year because we didn't have it on January 1st. So this will be the first breakfast of the new year. So please join us Saturday morning, 7 o'clock. All you can eat breakfast sponsored by the Baptist men. And Nick, would you mind dismissing us in prayer, please, sir, as our deacon of the week? I will not be standing back at the back tonight, today. I'm going to stay a little bit distance from everybody. Please know I love you. Please know that I am here and I, can, I will do whatever I can to help any of you if anything that you need. But Nick, would you please dismiss us? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we give you the glory for all the ministries that this body 
accomplishes. It's not our own glory. We thank you for the opportunity to meet together, to worship you, Lord, and to fellowship. Take our lives, Lord, and make them useful for your purpose, for your calling, to do your will. We ask that as we leave, we would reflect your light out into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.